Welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. My name is Ryan Doze. I am your host. Today, we have some guests coming on the show to talk about more recent comics in Thor's history. We are going to be breaking down the first storyline in the current run of Thor that started uh, all the way back in 2020. So when the world was falling apart... Thor comics were coming out, and the creative team that we're going to talk about today features two creators that I just absolutely love, writer Donny Cates and artist Nick Klein, who have been killing it on this book for a while now. They began their Thor run with a fantastic storyline called The Devourer King. So I've been wanting to talk about this arc for a long time. And I knew we when we were going to talk about this story, we had to do it big. We had to do it grand. So I brought in not one guest, but two guests. The duo that run Apollo City Comics, a fantastic podcast. Brandon and Brandon stopped by. And we're actually going to talk with them over the next few weeks about this arc, The Devourer King from Donny Cates and Nick Klein. It is going to be an awesome time. We have part one for you today, just like a character that we're going to talk about later on, Galactus. We have offered you this show to consume in all of its goodness. It is going to be a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Before we start that conversation, I just want to remind you all, to go and support the show in in some simple ways. Go rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening today. And go and support our guests today. Go search Apollo City Comics on your podcast app, on Instagram. Go search for them, follow them, like their stuff, share their stuff. They put out some amazing episodes. They've just done some recent stuff on Venom since the Venom movie has just come out. They've done a lot of things that I really feel are worth your time. So go support them and you will not be disappointed. I promise they do some great stuff over on their show. But we are here for our show today. We are going to be joined by them in just a moment. We are about to break down some of the some of the best comics that I've read in the last few years. And I know we've been doing a lot of throwback stuff lately. So we're jumping ahead from the 60s all the way to the 2020s. And if you're a fan of old comics, fantastic. We're going to have more throwback stuff for you coming up soon. Between now and the end of the year, we will have more throwback stuff. But we're going to jump ahead for for the time being. In the month of November, we're going to cover some of uh, just the best comics that have been produced in the last few years. And it starts with this storyline, The Devourer King from Donny Cates and Nick Klein. Let's go. Okay, listeners, welcome to this week's episode of Across the Bifrost. I am so excited to have another set of guests in here on the show to talk about Thor comics, and we are jumping forward. We're jumping forward to the current run of the Mighty Thor, and I want to introduce the guys from Apollo City Comics. Brandon and Brandon, introduce yourselves. Tell us about uh, your podcast, and uh, then let's talk some Thor comics. I'm I'm Brandon. <laughs> it's so weird. We were just saying, yeah, right. We're jumping on the show, like you guys are so uh, used to being the hosts. Uh, so yeah, the and that's funny. Turned. We start our show off being like, I'm Brandon, and, and I'm Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like awkward. But hi, 
Um, thank you for yeah. having us on. We're so hyped and excited to, you know, hang out with you tonight. Uh, if anyone has ever listened to Apollo City Comics, then you know we're big Donny Cates. Oh wait, did we mm-hmm. announce it? Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. We, believe me, we will, we will, we will educate people so much on on Donny's work tonight. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. big Donny Cates fans, you'll find out what that means in a little. Oh bit. yeah, Donny Cates is kind of like the foundation of Brandon and I's relationship, podcast wise. Yeah. But, um. This it's create it's just weird synchronicity. Like Brandon's first episode in Apollo, um, it feels like years ago because we've done so much together uh was of the first venom run he was doing you know issues one through six Mm -hmm. and when i was pitching to him like hey man would you want to come to the show uh just choose a comic whatever you like i'll I'll read it and we'll do it together and he's like what about venom by donny cates and i just got that hardcover and i was just like fuck yeah venom by donny can we cuss on the show i'm actually sure i'm so sorry just did it Honestly, I'll just put the explicit tag on it and people can do with it what they want. All right, cool. Yeah, it'll it'll slip. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, Brand- I'm from Texas. Uh, I'm in El Paso, yeah. Texas. And Brandon's over in crazy San Francisco, California. <laughs> We're like on different sides of the country. Um, where are you residing at the moment? Oh, I'll do you one better. I am in the middle of Nebraska. Oh, okay. We are spread across. The yeah, we are across this country. Yeah, we need the Bifrost Bridge to visit each other. That's the only way. Yeah, it, it would take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing I was gonna say though about Donny Cates that's hilarious is that I always give one of my friends a shout out because I had, I'll be honest, I had no idea who that guy was six months before Venom came out. Uh, yeah. I just want to I want to preface with that real quick that like. I literally was like, who's Donny Cates? And my friend was like, he's a dope writer. You got to read, uh, what's that series he did? God, no. Um, um, God Country. God Country. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Baby Teeth and all that. And I just want to preface that, like, I am a recent Donny Cates fan real quick. It's just, um, yeah. you know, I found out about him because Venom got announced. And then my friend was like, it's going to be dope. I don't read Venom, but it's going to be dope. And I'm like, all right. And then I read it and I was like, this shit's dope. But I just want to start with that. I don't know if we've discussed that before. What, what was I, your um, first Donny Cates? <laughs> what was my first introduction yeah. to Donny Cates? So, um, honestly, it was, uh, we talked a little bit about this uh, off the recording, but I was a humongous Jason Aaron Thor fan. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason Aaron is, to this day, I mean, I love Donny Cates' approach to the character, and we're going to, like, we're going to dissect that, you know, to no end. But I loved Jason Aaron's run of Thor, and then when I heard that after War of the Realms, he was going to step down. I was like, well, who's the new guy? And it was Donny Cates. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, I had heard that he had written Venom. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan in the world. Like, I, I enjoy Spider-Man comics, but Spider-Man, uh, to me, is kind of like, um, he's the he's the cool, popular kid at school. Mm-hmm. And Thor was kind of the, like, you know, oh, he's there. You know, but, yeah, I can he, see that. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the guy on the football team that does really good, but no one pays attention to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like you know, he's a really great offensive lineman. Um, you know, he's he's super important, but maybe not as praised. Nobody, Jason nobody wants the autograph. <laughs> he made him so indispensable, and I was like, okay, well, Thor's been built up, you know, from you know from some okay runs. Mm-hmm. What is what's next? So I dug into some of Donny Cates' Venom stuff, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I could, I didn't care about Venom. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like I'll say that too. Like, <laughs> nobody, nobody did. I'm not. Whoever I, says that, they're lying. <laughs> I care about Venom now. 
and it's because of Donny Cates. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yes. Well, and yeah. Um, it's really hard to look at, you know, anything related to the symbiotes and, you know, Null, the, the god of symbiotes. It's really oh, difficult yeah. to look at anything related to Venom now and not see Donny Cates' mm-hmm. stamp of identity on it because he's such a dark guy. He's such, he's got so much weird humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is a Instagram follow gold he's he's gold yeah fantastic so yeah i think i was just drawn to the guy himself um Mm -hmm. and then when he started you know these first six issues it's like they grab you and he tells you exactly who his thor is in the first issue yes um oh mm -hmm. brilliant stuff dude that's yeah that's kind of i've i've been a donny cates fan since like 2016 it was my first comic-con and it was okay. Thursday night. My very first panel I went to, my first day at Comic-Con, was the heavy metal panel. And that was the same time Grant Morrison was taking over as editor-in-chief. And I went there strictly because, like, I might have a chance to fucking see and meet Grant Morrison. And I went there, and, of course, I was just or- orgasming about Grant Morrison. And then, you know, they're announcing everyone else. Kevin Eastman was there. And then Donny Cates, like this new hotshot writer, Donny Cates, we have him writing this stuff. And they were kind of picking on him and whatnot, like, because I guess he had just written God Country and it did really well. But yeah. he was then going to write a tomahawk for heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And oh, right. that's when they announced it. I saw some imagery. I heard the story about how that's his tattoo artist over in Austin. And they just decided to make a book together. And the following year, um, I got to meet him at New York Comic Con. And yeah, I, I, I hung, and he wasn't like, there was no lines. It wasn't anything. He wasn't like Donnie. He wasn't Donnie Cates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was 2017. He was kind of just still kind of climbing those ranks. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, Donnie, like I had this oversized thing of a tomahawk. And I was like, dude, can you sign it? Maybe throw on, you know, the tomahawk and whatnot, like the, the axe. And he's like, I can't do the axe, but I could do the, the God Country sword. And I was like, oh, dude, that'd be fucking sick. Just do it. Like throw whatever you want. And he signed and we were talking for a minute. I told him I was from Texas, from El Paso, and he's in Austin. And he, you know, he put this whole Texas rules thing on it. And then Nick Darrington came up to Donnie. And then me, him, and the Nick Darrington hung out for like 30 minutes. And oh, that's just like awesome. vibed and talked. And this whole time, I was just like, dear God, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, I've met Donnie like in passing. I never got to see him yeah. at other conventions, um, but I do have a cool picture. He's walking through the convention hall at San Diego and me and my fiance, we saw him. We're like, hey, I was like, you need to meet Donnie Cates. I was like, let's go say hi. And we, we snap pictures with him real fast. And um, oh, man, I that's just, awesome. I've been a fan. It's it's always awesome when like comic creator, I always you know freak out about the stuff but i it's always great when they can give you the time and they like spend that time it's like when i met kevin eastman like yeah there wasn't really a a line and like i was like oh my god kevin eastman is right in front of me Mm -hmm. and he was there for heavy metal and i was i knew he gets this all the time but i was like can you sign my ninja turtles book (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know what for those across the bifrost listeners that don't know kevin eastman helped he was a co-creator on the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles exactly Um, yeah yeah. and i had my batman uh versus teenage mutant ninja turtles number three or volume three because he drew in that book Mm -hmm. and i got that confirmed by him i was like did you like scan older pictures of like you know old turtles comics he's like nah i drew that for the issue and i was like oh my god will you sign this and he even signed it he put my name on it and he drew a turtle and it's just yeah. like he talked to me and we we of course did some turtle talk and it's it's oh cool God. like some of these people you know comic creators you know the more 
I've dealt with my handful of like, okay, that wasn't the coolest experience, but there's so many of yeah. them. They're just like great people. And it's yeah. cool, like meeting them and then loving their work. I mean, that's just important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. meet someone that's great and then be like, that's all right. But whole dude, I, I've always wanted to get into Thor. I have. I, I I like, you know, um Norse mythology. I get into all that stuff. I mean, God of War was definitely convincing for all of us at that point. Yeah. But you're all I, I kept on trying to find the right run and the Jason Aaron stuff. I have the complete collections, those like trade back. Oh. And I, I'm collecting those right now, but it's like yeah, I, I was trying to find another way in because it was good, but it was dense and it was real. You have to be ready for Jason Aaron's Thor, you know, heads I mean, up for those. It's, it's a it's, lot. Yeah, it honestly, I am. Um, now, this is not said to scare anybody away from reading Jason Aaron's mm -hmm. Thor, but I almost had to approach it the way that I've approached uh, things like Tolkien, yeah. um, because it's it, like the 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 on the surface level, you can, the stories are fantastic. If yes. you were to make a Jason Aaron and Thor movie, which they're about to do, yeah. essentially, um, it would it would make total sense and it would be accessible. But if you wanted to plumb the depths of it, it would take a while. Mm -hmm. um which i think is what it's such a testament to his run and you know uh a no shame segue when donny cates comes on to write thor he almost had to start like he he had to almost disassociate himself with a lot of the minutiae yes. um he had to reinvent the character like war of the realms happened thor mm -hmm. is king okay moving on yeah it wasn't um, trying so, to absorb all this past history and rephrase it and re, you know, catch you up on the last decade of this amazing yeah. run. It was just like, this is like the starting point. Like, this is a great, if anyone's trying to get into Thor, just starting with this issue, I feel like you can do it and be like, all right, yeah. I dig this. Like, I don't need to know much, but this is giving me enough to know that I'm interested. You, you will know at the end of this first issue, if you like this new Thor. Mm -hmm. it will not take long um but guys you ready to jump in oh hell yeah yes yeah oh my gosh yeah so I um i did uh I, I did a a skosh of research um and this run um this run is in its uh, i believe the 18th or 19th issue will come out the month yeah. that our chat will mm -hmm. so it's not that it's not that long in the tooth already but this came out it was released in january of 2020 so the year that the world went to crap, great comics were still being made. So yes. uh, Donny Cates is joined on this uh, debut issue with one of my favorite Thor artists, Nick Klein. Yes. Um, Nick Klein, also a great follow on social media and Instagram. He does a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's even done like, uh you know live drawings of his thor covers and he, he just he's a great follow uh i believe he's over in europe um you know he, he's he's a great international talent that marvel has uh has on board but he really uh sets his art style is set apart from like asad ribic uh russell dodderman yeah asad that's exactly why i associate him with that's cool that you said him. Yeah. yeah so uh there have been some phenomenal artists on thor in the last decade yeah. um and nick klein is definitely on on the higher end of that list but you know they're they're the main creative team and mm -hmm. they've they've been the main creative team for most of this current run there's been a few issues 
here and there where uh, Nick Klein has bowed out and done uh, done some some other stuff, but he's back on the book now currently, I believe. Um, but yeah, he does a lot with Rick Remender. Um, he does Scumbag, right, Brandon? I want to say he did Scumbag there was, in Seven to Eternity or something. There's been like three. No, Seven to Eternity was uh, Jerome Pena. Oh. Um, Scumbag has had like three artists, one being the main one. I'd have to double check, but... Or maybe he does covers or something. I know he does a lot of covers in general. Uh, Nick is um, yeah. his arsenal is insane, and honestly, his covers for Thor are my favorite so far. Yeah, and honestly, so um, for 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 those of you listening, um, this uh, just for for fans of my of my show, and, and uh, just so you know, like it is it, it sounds like a lot right now uh, because like we're hitting with names that maybe you never heard of these are creators that honestly i didn't know of until a few years ago mm -hmm. yep. who i've gone back and i've like okay donny cates wrote venom i gotta go back and read venom mm -hmm. oh my gosh donny cates you know he he did i i don't have time to go into all this he did the king in black recently with ryan stegman for marvel some of the most non-stop just craziness uh, you know, first, i loved it uh, yeah. i love Noah. Noah's i wish we had time to talk <laughs> yeah. um, but but these creators like they're they're recent to me so like if you hear a name that you don't necessarily know go search them out mm -hmm. um yeah. uh, you know kind of dig into their creative history and, and then you'll maybe be able to to understand why we get so hyped for just mentioning names yeah. um I, so, I will go on record saying Ryan's for the record, uh, Ryan Stegman has probably drawn one of the best Spider-Men recently. Oh, yeah, uh, in the absolute yeah. carnage arc, his Spider-Man and the way he does like the eyes in particular, Venom as well. But I'm just gonna say, like, if that's not reassuring enough, that his version of Spider-Man is dope. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it oh, is. That, man. I'm telling you, the eyes. Yeah, I'm, I. <laughs> this is never see video but like i pulled out my 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 copy of absolute carnage was just ready to go nice uh, you knew <laughs> i knew i knew um so jumping into this first issue january of 2020 the entire you know the the aaron the jason aaron era of thor is over he hands off his thor titles to you know up and coming up and coming creators like donny cates and nick klein and it's a new age for Thor. Thor is now king of Asgard. The War of the Realms is over. And we're left. I mean, we get a whole brand new adventure. And uh, the first, you know, the first first few pages is is Mjolnir, is Mjolnir being thrown through the nine, the ten realms. I always forget there's a tenth realm now. Yeah, <laughs> me too, yeah. Um, he's throwing the hammer through all ten realms. And he lands it on Earth right in front of Iron Man. And uh, it's it just it one one throw, one shot, and then he and uh, Thor and Sif have this conversation about what needs to happen now that he's the king. And uh, Tony, Tony, uh, when the hammer goes back to Thor, Tony has written the message: "Nice shot. Enjoy your retirement." So that's the that's the opening kind of the cold open of this oh. new era of Thor. Not to mention it obliterates the brains of this monster the Avengers yeah. are fighting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> You know, the coloring for this is one of my favorites. I love how, like, for the atmosphere you get, you get those purples and blues. Like, it's so dreamy. 
and it's you know mixed with that rainbow that just pops out of it and mm-hmm. i love how they still have that kirby like shift like the way it goes and uh man just you could you could thank matthew wilson for that oh really yeah, oh color, color artist matthew wilson oh, oh yeah you there know? you go yeah it's so, it sets a tone and a vibe for everything mm-hmm. so Brandon, you mentioning uh, Matthew Wilson reminds me of another person on the creative team that I feel like goes underappreciated in um, in modern Thor comics is Will Moss. Will Moss has been the editor on Thor for ever, like really? he, since their career he, he started. Was, he was the editor, I believe, uh, at least since the beginning of the Jason Aaron run. I mean, someone can fact check me on that and, and probably prove me wrong. But uh, Will Moss has been, you know, he's been the one kind of making sure that all of this is, oh my gosh. I'm going to fact check you right now. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. I have no, I have zero problem being, uh, being um, proved wrong. Um, but Will Moss is the editor on this and it's just got such a great, uh, a, a great creative team. Joe Sabino is the letterer. And he's lettered Thor for a while. Um, am I am I right or am I wrong, Brandon? Um, I'm seeing like I'm not seeing the oh uh, editor special projects. No assistant editor, collection editor. It's not showing me the editor right off the bat in the front. Let me see. Maybe That's it's uh, editor. Oh, uh, Lauren. Oh uh, yeah, Will Moss, editor. Oh, oh you're looking at the Jason Arian. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lauren. Sankovic, that's okay. what it says here. I'm not too sure oh. when Will Will jumped on though, but I mean, hey, that's that's just one of those things we have to hey, yeah discover. Yeah, <laughs> it's there's people tend to forget like you know it may be Jason Aaron's like run, mm-hmm. but people tend to forget that like you know comics require a whole village to fucking you know yeah, together make them. Like I can't. I feel like there's so much disrespect we've unintentionally or like given by not mentioning color artists, cover artists, letters. editors, letterers, and you know anchors. I'm not gonna lie. Just... I think editors is the one thing we do overlook on Apollo. We always talk about lettering and we always talk about color artists, but you're the mm-hmm. first person I've ever been on a show with to really Especially highlight the editor. the editor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so... mean. When it comes to novels, right, like or any book, the editor yeah. is the one that kind of saves it. Like, yeah. yeah, you could write the whole book, but if it looks like shit, you know, if yeah. you don't have someone calling you out, you're not going to be able to like fix it up. Yeah, if it doesn't read well, if it doesn't flow well, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I I had a recent I about a month ago or so I had a a former Marvel editor on my show who had edited Thor back in the '80s, and I was nice. like, how would you describe, you know, his name's uh, Mike Rockwitz. And he, um, I said, how would you describe the role of an editor? He's like, I'm basically like a baseball manager. Like I put people, I put people in the right position to win. There you yeah, go. That makes sense. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so if you put together a winning comic, you are, you know, that's why it's a creative team, not a creative, you know, uh, solo act. Yeah. yeah Unless you, you do go. everything yourself somehow, of course. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, Jeff uh, or if you're like uh, what's his name Stefan Sedgwick or however you pronounce his name like oh yeah dude yeah right that's that's an overlook I, I always mispronounce his name like I always do many names but he literally does everything in his books um, that, I mean that's it'd be, that would be incredible I know like back for for you know Thor reference you know uh, Walt Simonson did his art and his writing yeah but like you know that was uh, good stuff but then eventually he had to he had to hand over his his art his art stuff because you know he was he was putting together these these epics 
every month and it was just it was was too much yeah um but uh anyway back back to the back to the task at hand yeah we jump in with this cold open and thor is at a he's at an impasse um you know taking on the mantle of all father um he 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 has a uh some he has a little bit of conversation with volstag volstag uh for for listeners of across the bifrost volstag is my favorite thor supporting character um he is the funny i believe he's the funniest marvel character fight me spider-man fans uh you know uh, so i mean volstag is he's my be all end all and um so i love when he shows up in books and then um he has an interesting interaction with loki um loki shows up in the throne room and thor um a very stark juxtaposition between the silver age bronze age thor who kind of plays along with thor's trickery Uh this is a no-nonsense thor Mm -hmm. um this Thor has no time for Loki's shenanigans mm-hmm. at all. I can see that um, right off the bat. Yeah. 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 And, and Loki, Loki addresses something with Thor that is going to be a constant up until even the most recent issue of Thor number 18, I believe the hammer is starting to do this odd thing where um, it's, you know, it's, it's normal powers of like, you know, only those who are worthy can carry the you know, hammer of Thor. It doesn't always apply. Um, and even Loki is able to uh, stop the hammer. Not, not. Um, there, there's this, there's this weird thing going on with the hammer, and Thor doesn't exactly know what to, what to do with it. Yeah, it's getting, um, it's getting heavy on him. It's and getting he's just heavier. Like, why yeah. can't I lift it? Like, why can't? Why am I? He grunts when he picks it up, and then mm-hmm. Loki's just like, "You've never grunted uh, when you picked <laughs> that up before." Like, and I yeah. love that attention to detail right there with uh, Loki. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I don't mean to belabor the point too much in this first issue, but this first issue sets the table for so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that when. Uh, Thor kind of you know brought in a brotherly way he threatens Loki with the hammer and uh, he says I am the all-father now little brother clothed in the power that comes with the title you would do well to remember that mm-hmm. he, he's not Odin no he's not Odin no he's... Uh, this is this is a Thor again who has little time for mm-hmm. for Loki's um hit for his shit to be honest and he's still um, trying to like accept and he's also you know right after that he's like talking about the speech he has to give in front of everyone like all these scenes are building up that he's having he's struggling um to accept his position as a king and mm-hmm. his like new his, his owning the throne his father not being there and there's a line I think it's I think it's after the next scene which I know we're gonna pause and like um embellish the next on. scene is a big but, one yeah, yeah yeah it's one of my favorites um but there's a line that summed up the entire book to me i don't know if it was already happened but uh what is a king to a god and i yeah. feel like that sums up the entire first arc of yes. the store run like what is a king to a god like he's already had all this and more for i mean centuries and he's just like well now i guess i'm uh, running wow. it but yeah that's i guess that line had that line hadn't really hit me as much as you saying it right there brandon like being a king is almost like child's play to the world or at least it should be Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. yeah from commanding and conquering to like i'm gonna rule like no Thor was kind of basically like overall like a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Like, yeah, it's kind of like that whole thing. You know, it it kind of transcends the character and it gets a little bit more almost like political because mm-hmm. you could be like a 
you could be like a, a stoic leader or a courageous warrior and lead battle or whatever. But when it comes to like politics, being a king or whatever it may be, it's a different type of, you know, I guess you could say like challenge for someone like him. Like he could, you know, Th- uh, Thor could literally fight. I think there's something mentioned, a little bit of a spoiler. Like he fought for like a year straight or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, a year is like a minute, you know, yeah, or something like that. Time is and- just not relative to an immortal. And like, you know, he could do that, but like commanding Asgard, it's like, you know, it's, it's taxing. And mm-hmm. that kind of transcends into a point where like, yeah, you could be like the ultimate like soldier or warrior, but once you're like a politician or a leader or so some sort of like king or monarch or whatever, uh, it's like, it could be the hardest thing for you. It could be taxing. So um, very brief aside to a, a very interesting, um, an interesting what if comic that I think speaks to the same type of um, type of situation. There's a there's a what if comic from the I believe it's the 80s, where the the main question is what if Captain America was president? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, nice, yeah. We never we never think of him. We think of him as a, a leader, as a figurehead, as a warrior, kind of mm-hmm. like how Thor is. He's the prince of Asgard, but we never really think. Oh, right, eventually he has to become king. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because he's been the heir apparent to the throne for centuries, mm-hmm. and and now he's finally got it, and it's like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And this is like a completely unique take on Thor because I think in Norse mythology in general, Thor doesn't really become destined to be king because technically Thor dies during Ragnarok. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like the actual Ragnarok, not like the Marvel one, but like, like four times it's happened in the Marvel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reincarnation of rebirth and the reincarnation. Yeah. yeah he, he dies fighting uh, the, the serpent. I forget the name. The world serpent. Um, yeah. The world yeah. serpent. But yeah, but like in Marvel, it's like you got to the point where he could be a king now. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, it's that whole new fresh outlook on him that yeah. we never see. But, but I, I never thought of the Captain America thing, like being president. That's pretty trippy. And, and that whole comic, that whole comic, um, you, know, it, you guys should go listen to it. I mean, read it. It's, it's a fantastic, you know, hypothetical. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, he essentially, he runs for president, he wins, and then he promises to unmask himself. And once he unmasks himself, he ceases, he ceases to become, to be Captain America. Basically, the thing that got him to the position, he now ceases to be. Oh, so shit. that's why it made me think of this where it's like for the longest time thor has been you know the warrior of asgard and it's the thing that gets him to become king but once he becomes king he kind of ceases to be, be the man that he was before yeah. um so uh, all all of that <laughs> all of that uh being said the next scene when i was reading this caught me so off guard um <laughs> this is what sold me like i turned the i know page. right <laughs> i wanted to read it because it was donnie and then i turned this two-page splash of galactus slamming down oh. onto asgard and i was Ass like slamming oh, asgard yeah straight <laughs> up yeah wrestling move like <laughs> thor is about to give this speech and we see freaking planet-sized galactus fall into into the middle of Asgard and with this big crackoom of of uh, he almost looks like a like a like an like an atomic bomb yeah you know, going off and he hits yeah. the ground and Thor immediately it was almost like he was chomping at the bit for some kind of action he mm-hmm. immediately 
goes and he phases off with Galactus and Galactus has some ominous um, challenge for uh, Thor. Before yeah. Thor can hit him with the hammer, he says, stop. I came for help. You oh, are oh. the only one who can. The Star Plague, the Great Black Winter is coming. Yeah, I wanted to say, I wanted to geek out about something before we go into that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, maybe this is a trend I'm noticing, but uh, if you read, if you go and read Donny Cates' Venom, and uh. I feel like, I don't know how it works at Marvel, but I feel like maybe Donny Cates is purposely choosing these artists to work with. Because if there's one thing I notice he loves to do in his books, at least with Marvel, and I think I noticed this in Cosmic Ghostwriter as well, he use he likes to use the, the like that comic, uh, I don't want to say onomatopoeia, but like you know the the bam and pow and yeah, yeah. Kakoom, yeah. he in, he gets an artist that somehow can integrate it into the scene where it's not like imposed on the panel like old school comics. It's just kind of blends in. Like I know we don't have the video, but it just kind of blends in. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the right, artwork. Yeah. It blends in. Yeah. Like the same thing with Venom. There's this one thing in the first volume, the first six issues, where Venom like hits the ground when he's fighting Miles Morales, and there's this giant like crunch that mm -hmm. comes out of the concrete. And I feel like that's something that's gone unappreciated with the artists that have worked with him because this is obviously that, intended. It gets that Will Eisner kind of feel when yeah. he approaches it. I'm sure he studied some scripts to know how to like get his artists to understand that too. That's cool. That's I never noticed that. Yeah, like if you pay attention to that, it's more, it's pretty often in his books. Yeah, no, I got, I got to watch out for them more. It's a good point out. So, yeah, so, it's the same thing with that scene we we're talking about with the the lightning striking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right in the background, the cocoon right there. Cocoon yeah, dare. It's the first. It's the first reference of this ominous black winter. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, uh. I don't know. I don't know. I want to see how you guys feel about this. When I love classic villains so much, but a lot of these villains have been around for 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. So whenever a new villain shows up or a new force to fight against shows up, I feel like either, um, either they're very understated mm -hmm. or they're very well placed in their first issue. Like the Black Winter immediately felt important. Because mm, yeah. the way that you introduce it is Galactus, a cosmic being of unimaginable power, being thrown. Mm -hmm. and, and and like you said, being being just cast, and he looks terrible. Like yeah. he looks like he's seen something horrifying. His face he, has like those red blemishes, like he looks burnt, like almost like Deadpool like type of burnt, spawn yeah, burnt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. And, there's and, fear uh, in his eyes yeah the devourer of worlds has fear in his eyes and he's coming to thor for help yeah um you know that that can't be ignored mm -hmm. and i think those are the you know these um these three you know three panels or three pages that uh, introduce galactus into the story that, like brandon said they're the thing that grabs you and they're like okay this is a big deal mm -hmm. yeah um and so new readers to or maybe to this volume like that like that is that is the hook mm. and the rest of the time we we're saying like okay why is galactus here and what in the hell is the black winter yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. go ahead oh no i was asking you're asking what we thought of it right yeah 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 you know uh 
you know, I really like, honestly, what you said is what convinced me. Like, I, I hadn't really considered that too much before reading it when I should, honestly, as a writer. But his introduction is so heavy and cataclysmic. Like, you immediately know that this is like, okay, huge. And it huge in the proportion that it's bigger than Galactus. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Donnie's always going in that direction. It's like, I would expect nothing less from him as a writer than to get the yeah. next yeah. big giant thing and i feel like that's what he kind of excels at is bringing back those big baddies like the beyonder who was controlling all that time and matter you have dr doom like you have these huge uh annihilators stuff like that like these huge marvel villains that are just like you know galaxy shattering and he's just adding to that formula and he's thinking like kirby size big and that's what all this is is giant kirby size huge epicness even you know when you think about galactus and stuff like that actually i don't know this might be kind of a funny trip but i just realized this as i'm speaking okay galactus is here in this in that shitty fantastic four movie uh rise of silver surfer galactus was a black cloud i wonder if donnie was like i'm gonna make that but terrifying (laughs) and really i can do that better type of thing you know what i mean and it's like silver surfer deserved better (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should just just slip into his DMs and keep asking him until he. Responds. Yeah, like yeah, were you just trying <laughs> um, to like a Galactus versus Galactus type of thing, and it turned into this? That's how ideas go sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't that be incredible? <laughs> <laughs> right. The uh, when when I read it the first time, I was like, okay, I never read Thor. Continue. I've only read the God Butcher as far as the like the first arc in the Jason Aaron one. Same. Same. Yeah. Um, so you know, so good. It's so good. It is, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't sure if this was like an older thing from before, but it seemed to be a brand new Donny Cates thing. Yeah. So I was definitely like hooked. So yeah, uh, when I first read it, I was like, this is dope. Second time, I was like, this is still dope. But now I'm starting to get some theories. Uh, the first thing I know is, yeah. But the, so here's the thing with superhero books. And, you know, this is me truly critiquing it as someone who loves and appreciates them, obviously. You can only tell so many stories, just certain variations of those stories. Mm-hmm. And to me, the Black Winter kind of came off as like a variation of the Phoenix Force. Now, I say this, maybe I'm overthinking it. Okay. The Phoenix Force is this cosmic symbiotic entity that kind of like impo- it like takes over someone because it needs a host, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the Black Winter came off as like another cosmic entity that like is like it doesn't really like i guess have a goal it just needs to like feed or whatever yeah it kind of seemed like the opposite of the phoenix force now maybe there's an idea if i ever magically wrote for marvel i could use or whoever listens to this is probably going to try to take it for me but i said it first here (laughs) if no one's thought of it but basically to me the phoenix force seems like something that gives something power and it needs to feed off that host where the Black Winter needs a host, but it sucks that power out of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, maybe, what if they come, maybe this is something Donny Cates is cooking up and I've just read his mind, or maybe I'm just talking out my ass and I overthought it. <laughs> what if these two things come from something even bigger that is creating these entities? And it's kind of like this plus minus thing where one gives and one takes, because the Black Winter basically shows you, or I'm not going to say it, but it's basically it seems to be this threat that like kills right yeah yeah where, yeah, the, yeah. Fe- where the phoenix force is this threat that kind of 
instead of sucking power, it gives power to someone. Yeah. So damn, that's a good. You know, that's kind of what I took from it the second time. You know, maybe again I'm overthinking it, but you know, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it, I could totally see that. It does. I mean, yeah. I mean, wow. I gotta kind of sit with that for a while. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I, I don't like get like marinated that. Just like kind of think about that. Yeah, that that that's kind of interesting, dude. Again, and it's all about building into those major, you know, arcs and big mm-hmm. uh, events that Marvel loves doing in DC and major stuff. Yeah, is that, yeah. that's the Clash of Titans type of thing. And if you're looking at a positive and a Black Force and there to a Fire Force, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's gonna be an interesting. Maybe Either mix I mean, or you know birthing. Who knows? Or, yeah. They they do that stuff in comics all the time. You have like the you know the you know Star Wars. Mon- you have monitor like the light and anti monitor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's Star all... Wars has the you know the dark side and all that. And yeah. That's... Yeah. I don't know. That, that I mean, you might have stumbled upon a million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? You know, maybe they already thought of it. And they're building up to that, but you know. I mean, speaking of speaking of galactus when we when you get galactus you almost always get heralds of galactus yes and that's where the 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 scene of this issue shifts uh we see a little bit of volstag um looking at the the tree the tree of idrasil and idrasil is rotting It's, it's it's beginning to decay which is an underlying thing that happens throughout this whole arc it's never really called out um like on a big you know grand scale but it'll it'll come into play later Mm -hmm. um thor has a meeting of all the known heralds of galactus and our boy the silver surfer shows up well more accurately the 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 black surfer yeah Um, which uh, i didn't go back it it, um so it kind of it tells us where to go look and find out why norn rad is he's black now uh, yeah, he's, not, he's, he's called like the over. obsidian surfer or something or is it yeah. something with obsidian yeah. yeah 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 so uh it's um you know you can go back and look at uh silver surfer black uh an issue that came out around this time five issues yeah five, or, it's a limited series it was yeah, a limited series five. i okay. hate to be comic book guy but yeah i think it was five issues yeah, five gotta, issues. Wait, comic book guy, you gotta do you gotta do the voice. Like, well, well actually, <laughs> actually, if you paid attention <laughs> a year prior to this, uh, issue five came out. Nor Norin, uh, he explains what the Black Winter is. So mm-hmm. maybe like between the three of us, we can explain um <laughs> to our best ability what the Black Winter is. It's I'm I mean, just, I'm sticking to my theory. It's the dark side to the light side. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. He's like the star plague, the blight mm-hmm. storm, the rot blizzard. Many names, but one truth. It is the tr- it is the one true end. The black winter. Yeah. Um, Let me just say some dope band names if they ever. Work. Yeah. So, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, the rot blizzard. That'd be a sick <laughs> the rot band. Blizzard. Light storm. <laughs> like, dude. Yes. Yeah. That's... It sounds like some epic power metal. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie. Donnie put his thesaurus to work on this. Yeah. Issue. yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Oh, and the surfer kind of explains that he's like, you know what? The only thing that could stop this is Galactus. And as the previous herald for and the longest herald, I feel. Um, he's like, I, I hid certain worlds away from him because they were just, it would give him too much power. He'd be way too strong with them. And, but now he needs them. He must feed because he's our only chance to fight back against this black winner. And he unveils like these five planets that they need to travel to, to feed Galactus. 
and everyone is just like what galactus with even more power like how why would we ever do this um and the herald you know silver surfer is just like no i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and thor's like "Ah, you won't do it alone and that's when we get the reflective moment where thor really looks at his like what we were saying at the beginning of this issue that decision between you know king and warrior and or god you know it's just it's something he can't he hasn't figured out yet and he's gonna lead the army as a king you know um to just be able to have an excuse to for to battle honestly there uh there's so many there's so many epic parts of this first issue and Mm -hmm. i've realized we've spent so much time on this first issue because it sets the ground level for everything yeah no it's hard to like not pick apart every scene because it's just so great and easy to digest too like it's yeah yeah it's this this issue in and of itself is not a tolkien epic Mm -hmm. it just introduces a lot of things that are really key later on in in the story yeah um Mm -hmm. so thor goes out to 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 basically do um do counsel with galactus and galactus explains a little bit more that um it was the thing that that um that ended his reality yes um because before the Big Bang, for those of you who maybe don't know um, about Galactus, kind of a 3,000 you know, foot view of it, Galactus is the only remaining being from the previous universe mm-hmm. and you know, pre-Big Bang. But Donnie does it an, an awesome thing here. Well, what caused that universe to end? It's the Black Winter. The Black Winter caused Galactus's reality to die. Yeah. So... Galactus explains this to him that you know and and affirms Norrin Rad's thing that you know he's the only one that can go and do this um but he's gonna need Thor to take on some new power so Mm -hmm. Thor the last page of this first issue Thor gets a new title he's not only the all-father he's not only the king of Asgard he is now the herald of Galactus the herald of thunder so yes holy crap yeah it is i mean let's go down that a little bit i mean it's oh dude yes um what what's so epic about it is that you see galactus missing a arm first off like (laughs) yeah yeah, just a stub and we get a flashback of what kind of galactus looked like um before all this like his regular form in that one panel I found out like two years ago he was a fucking scientist. I feel like the biggest idiot never knowing that. Oh wow. I, I was like, like I didn't know that in general. What? Like he was I, a scientist in the in his previous life. I really am only for it's sad. I love Galactus. He's one of my favorites, hands down, but like I don't know a whole whole lot. I'm just very attracted to like his character and his being in power. But like I only know the Earth X like type of origin where he was a uh, Reed Richard's son. It was Franklin Richard. Um, but some weird, crazy, timey-wimey stuff went on, and it turned out to be Franklin under the helmet. And Interesting. Were, yeah, Earth-Exus has some crazy futuristic stuff that I, I that's how I always think of Galactus still, because I was like I'm my Earth. pretty sure he was a scientist. I think so. No, I think you're right. Uh, of this, I mean, the Earth-X stuff, I think it's I think it's a different planet now at this point. Like, it's another multiverse thing. But yeah, that was always something that. that fascinated me. Oh, he was an explorer of planets. I guess that's oh, a yeah, still. So I'm pretty sure he, he was, like, a scientist, though. 
but you know, we also get this new costume and this is writer. You know, I think I was playing yeah. the Avengers game at the point when this came out and I was just okay. like, why the hell do we not have this costume as a DLC? And I just didn't want to play as Thor anymore. Cause I love this new look for Thor. Like I, I love this costume. I just think it's the coolest thing. And it's so simple. Donnie's really good at getting things that are just so obvious. And yeah. it's, I mean, like with no perfect example, I mean, Venom didn't really have an origin. It's been 30 years. And mm-hmm. here again, another thing to address with Galactus, you know, pff, great stuff. That's brilliant. That's thinking outside the box. It's like right yeah. in our face too, this whole time. Yeah. Yo, yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, with decades of comics that have been written, I mean, Galactus shows up in the sixties. Like he's not yeah. a new character. He's like, oh, well, I got like, my oversized Fantastic Four right there, my king size Kirby one. Um, yes. That's like one of my favorite things, like his whole entrance and when he had the giant Kirby G on it for good. <laughs> so awesome. It's so cheesy. <laughs> it's so Silver Age. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a superhero villain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just, exactly. We just didn't know. Like, and, and it's so simple. It's like, oh, well, Galactus devours planets. But yeah, but where did he come from? Why, yeah. why is he the way he is? Like, what 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 threat is so terrible and awe-inspiring that even Galactus fears it? So, I mean, that, that's the that's the first issue. We have waxed episodic on this first issue for for uh, for a while. And listeners, um, a, a polite reminder here: this is accessible. This is a issue that if you go on marvel unlimited or go to um go to your you know local comic book store and if by some miracle they still have one of these first issues or like, the pick trade i know the trade's out too. yeah, yeah, the trade. yeah pick up the trade and then you don't have to worry about you know uh splitting up into issues this is so worth reading and you will enjoy it um if you just like epic action um maybe you're not a superhero fan but you like epic stuff this is a great this is- this is a run yeah this is what you want to choose it's also you know in comparison to the jason aaron run which i feel like we're going to talk about it with you at some point on one of our shows now i would love Um, that yeah (laughs) that'd be great perfect uh, opportunity to read the book yeah yeah exactly it um it's one of those things like i feel like the first six issues of jason aaron's run like they're amazing they're beautiful i have no complaints but in comparison to donnie's they wear you out a lot faster and you're kind of drained at the end okay. of like all of that um, because it's so it's just rich. It's like having rich chocolate cake versus just like a really nice like chocolate cake. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, a difference, yeah. you know, it, it's um, the difference. Uh, to, to, so I'll, I'll put it in like it's like having a really great piece uh, of cheesecake and be like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. And then Jason Aaron's like, would you like to eat the whole thing right now? <laughs> yeah. Would you yeah. <laughs> would you like the cheesecake, but also covered in maple syrup? And on top of that, like ice cream on top of the cheesecake. And by the way, we're going to throw whipped cream on there too. Yeah. And you have to eat it with a fun dip spoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're <laughs> it's, like, it's the greatest ever. It's You're going to have a blast. It sounds perfect, but you're just, just prepare yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, as you enter it. Yeah. You may throw up later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of Across the Bifrost. I want to thank the guys from Apollo City Comics for stopping by. Both Brandon and Brandon were awesome to have on the show. And you will get to hear more from them in the next few weeks as we continue to break down this awesome storyline from Donny Cates and Nick Klein, Thor the Devourer King. It is going to be a great adventure, a great road to travel with these guys talking about the remaining issues in this arc. So be sure to tune in the next few weeks and you will get the conclusion and our thoughts about this awesome storyline that we talked about at length. So we had to break it down into a few episodes. It was awesome and I know you'll enjoy it. So before you get out of here today, before we shut it down and we hop off the rainbow bridge, be sure to go and rate, review, and subscribe the podcast wherever you are finding us, whether that's on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else in the 10 realms, you find us, go and do all those things there. That would be an awesome help to us. And it just lets us know that you're enjoying the show. You're enjoying the things that we are creating for you to consume like Galactus. He consumes planet. You consume content. That's why you're here. That's why we exist as a podcast to just bring you more Thor content. Also, just want to say that we are hopefully going to be releasing a bonus episode this week relating to some of my thoughts on the Eternals movie and the first time that Thor met the Eternals. It was in Thor Annual number 7, so we're working on that. Hopefully we can get that up this week and you can consume that content later on this week. Until then, friends, thank you for joining us aboard the Rainbow Bridge today. I want to say until we meet you again aboard the Bifrost, stay worthy.